Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Leanne. Wow, what a powerful story that is. Why don't we pause for a moment? Join with me as I pray. Jesus, I ask that in the next few moments that wherever we are, whatever place we are in position to you, I ask that you might speak to us afresh today. And I ask it in your name. Amen. If there's anything I've been learning during this COVID space, um, it's primarily two things. One, that we are creatures of habit. There's certain routines and patterns and habits that we get into that we need as human beings. Break a habit, break a routine, and the whole thing can go belly up. For some of us, because our routines have been broken, um, one of the best things that we could possibly do right now is re-establish a routine. Why? Because the habits and the routines provide a sense of security for us. But simultaneously, not only do we need to, um, as creatures, uh, as human beings, need to have a sense of security and routine, but we also need a variety. We need to experience change. If we have too much of the same thing over a period of time, sooner or later the joy or the rainbow or the colour starts to bleed out of life. And that's true for many of us. Simultaneously, we need change But we also need a sense of routine. Routine provides security. Change provides this sense of variety and a sense of joyfulness and colour in life. And both these two things together is perhaps one of the things that we're learning about COVID and lockup. But it also maps onto my life with Jesus as well. You see, I have my normal routines. They provide a sense of security and stability for me with God. But I also have times in my life where that stability and the routine can lead into a bit of dryness and so I need to embrace a sense of variety, a sense of change. You see, my routine usually of a morning time is I might place some worship music on, might listen to that and pause. In that space, I will um, perhaps just think of the words that are being spoken, agree with them in my mind. Sometimes I might even, to the detriment of my family and their own hearing, just sing out aloud. But at the same time, too, I might then open up the Bible. And in the course of a routine, I might read a passage and continue to read through a particular book. They're my routines. They're my stables. You know, I mightn't remember what I ate three months ago, but I know it nourished me. And that time with God, cultivating a life with Him, is what nourishes. (laughs) In fact, that's the tree we've been looking at. Cultivating a life after Jesus together. And that's my staple part of my life. But there's also times in which I know that I need to break out of my routines. To do that, you might find me walking down slowly along Dandenong Creek, connecting with the environment around. And as I do that, I might walk quite slowly. I might even talk aloud And if you caught me, you might think that I'm on the telephone, but I'm actually not. I'm on a different kind of telephone. I'm talking to God. It's just that I'm talking out aloud. Sometimes I might drive to the top of a mountain. The Bible's littered with mountaintop experiences. And so I might go up to the Dandenongs and sit and pause and listen. It's in those spaces that I might offload what's going on in my life. I might open myself up and say, God, would you speak to me afresh? Would you give me clarity? There might be particular things that are beyond my resource that I ask him for his energy and his power and his intervention within. In fact, many years ago when Bron and I were first considering being involved in starting up a church plant and forming new community, I was on a conference over in Amsterdam. 
And in that moment, I sensed that I needed to have a bit of a change up that variety. So I went for a walk and I sat in a park. And I opened up the Psalms and it fell to Psalm 107. And in that passage, it describes ships on a sea and sailors overcome with fear and fright because the waves were pounding, the wind was blowing. It said in their distress, they cried out to God. They were at their wits end and he answered their prayer. He calmed the seas, he calmed the wind. And then it says in Psalm 107 verse 30, it says that he guided them to their desired destination. And it was in that moment, that moment of pause, that moment of variety, that moment of change, that I sensed God speak to me about the things that Bron and I had been ruminating on, thinking about, dreaming about. And that was an encouragement to us at that time of hearing God's voice, not in an audible way, but through those words say, press on, go on, because I will lead you to your desired destination. So that's what I did this week. I changed things up. And I went for a walk down at Dandenong Creek. And the one prayer that I had is, God, it would be a waste of time after the past six weeks in talking about cultivating a life after you. If at the end of all of this, what we do with Les's really good picture is we put it in the bin, pin it on the wall, or just file it somewhere in a cabinet. It would be a total waste of time if we just finished off the series and did nothing more than just continue on to the next one. So my prayer was this. God, what do you want to say to us? How might you want to speak to me? And what would you say to the people that I'm going to be speaking to on Sunday? By the time I made it back home, the words became clear. Jesus said, follow me. He said, I want you to follow me. Why did this resonate with me? Why do I think this is a really important thing for us to focus on today? Is because quite frankly, following Jesus can get rather complicated. More so, we can complicate things. You see, the message of Jesus to follow him isn't complicated. But we can overcomplicate things so often. COVID has complicated things. I want you to think about the first time in which you first responded to that message of Jesus, follow me. His invitation wasn't complicated, but maybe you were complicated. Maybe your life was complicated. I wonder if you remember the first time, do you remember that struggle, that wrestle within your heart to give out that certain sense of control or that, that struggle within that seemed to be a spiritual battle itself for you to actually give up and give over your life to Jesus. His invitation to you was clear. His invitation to you was uncomplicated. But the wrestle inside of you was complicated and maybe your life was complicated. But his call was the same. Follow me. See, the goal of the Christian life is not to eradicate sin But I believe it's actually to cultivate a life after Jesus, the fully human one. When you focus on the latter, you can become introspective and start to nitpick and pull out little splinters and logs from your own eyes and the people around about you. But when you focus on the latter, sorry, the former, when you focus on the latter, you also get the former as well. That is, when you orient your life to saying, God, I want to become like your son, Jesus, and you enter into the process of cultivating a life after him and drawing close to him, he does the pruning. He does the purifying. He does the empowering. You get, if you like, the latter because the, 
because the, you get the former because the latter is in play because you are drawing close to him. And when people draw close to God, he rubs off. During this COVID space, do you need to hear the words again? Follow me. Because in Mark chapter 1, we have this incredible, lovely, just clear, uncomplicated call of Jesus to his disciples. Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon, his brother Andrew, casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, said Jesus, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. Has life become complicated for you? Jesus' call on your life is not complicated and he bids you come. Do you need to hear his words today? You see, the second thing that can happen in our overcomplicated lives and why I think God might be causing us to wrestle with the, the call of Jesus to follow him is that quite frankly, we can become distracted by things. It's so easy to be distracted by all different kinds of things. In John chapter 6, he records a time in which many people were following Jesus and he was up on a mountainside. And at the end of his teaching of them, he turned to his disciples and he said, we've got to feed this mob. Andrew Philip said, are you kidding me? Six months of wages won't feed all of these people. And then, and then Andrew pipes up and he goes, well, I've got six, six bits of barley loaves and two fish. And Jesus says, give them to me. And so he takes them and he says, now tell everyone to sit down. And he prays over it and he blesses it and begins to distribute it. And he says he feeds everyone and there was an overabundance more than you could imagine. A short time later, it says the people wanted to come and take Jesus to make him king. But he resisted. And he said these words to them. I fed you bread, but I tell you this, I am the living bread. I am the bread of life. If you eat of me, you will experience eternal life and the words of eternal life. You see, Jesus understood that they were chasing after his hand rather than his heart. They were looking for his provision rather than his person. And so he turns to them and he presses it a bit further and he says, Unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part in me and you cannot be with me. Well, it says at this stage, the story goes, is that many people heard these words and they thought, this is weird, this is just too hard. Eat your flesh, drink your blood. And it says at that very moment, no one or a number of different people unfollowed him. They pressed the unfollow button. To which at that moment, Jesus turned to his disciples and he says, do you want to leave me too? And Peter replied, Lord, to whom shall we go? You you have the words of eternal life. You see, you and I can get caught up in all different kinds of things, getting drawn and distracted by all different various things. Sometimes we can just chase after Jesus for what he can provide of us. But what he's really asking of us is not just to look for his provision, but to follow his person. You see, Jesus said, follow me. And the invitation wasn't to follow a theory. The invitation was to follow a person. His name is Jesus Christ. Christ means king. Christ means Lord. Christ is the Messiah. Jesus is not asking you to follow a theory. He's asking you to follow a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. I wonder this morning, have you been distracted by things? And you need to recalibrate the scales. 
thirdly and lastly, we can forget things. Two weeks ago, I came to the office and I walked up to the door and I reached in my pocket for the swipe card and I forgot it. So I had to drive back home again and get the swipe card. And then I drove back to the office. This time I entered in and I sat back down at my desk and I realized I left something at home. I'd forgot it. So I had to go back home, drive all the way back home and then come back to the office again. You see, I forget things. And so do you. It's easy to forget why we do what we do. And it's easy to forget the call of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 25, there's a story where Jesus has been talking about the ultimate call for people to follow him. He tells a story of a master going away and giving certain portions of his money to his servants, his slaves. Let's say he gives 50,000 to one, 20,000 to another, 10,000 to the third, according to their capacity. Well, he returns and he turns to the one who's been given $10,000. And the understanding is that whilst the master was away, everyone would understand that their role is to do the bidding of the master to reflect him and to work for him and his good pleasure. He comes to the person who had 10 and he said, what did you do with it? He said, I buried it, which is tantamount to saying, I didn't want to follow you. I didn't want to do your bidding. And Jesus says, we'll have your way then away from me. But then he turns to the other two, the 20,000 and the 50,000. He says, what did you do with it? He says, we, we invested it, we served, we, we worked for your bidding. And his words to them were profound. He said this. His master said to him and said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Now enter into the joy of your master. You see, I wonder if you're here this morning and you you realize that you can forget. You can forget that following Jesus is following a person. And that person is leading to a way that one day when you receive him or have received him, he gives you words of eternal life. And one day you will meet your maker. You will meet your heavenly father. And you will be working for and looking for and hoping for the words back from him. Well done, good and faithful servant you see you served me in season and out of season you served me when life was good and life was hard you served me when you couldn't see a way ahead and you served me when you could well done good and faithful servant jesus said follow me it's uncomplicated and it's clear But this series would be a waste of time, a waste of effort. If you and I did not respond to his call over our lives afresh, come on, come and follow me. No one else might be clapping, no one else might be cheering, but you need to tune your ears to the one set of ears that matters more than any, to my heavenly father's ears, that one day he might say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. We're going to listen to a song right now and transition to a communion time, but the only thing that I think is really important right now is that you hear the words afresh of Jesus to you. Follow me. You might have followed him in the past, but every day you wake up, he calls you to follow him afresh. If you hit the unfollow button, I would challenge you 
would you consider hitting the follow button again? If you've been following him, but you've just got distracted, whatever it is that's getting in the way of you from following Jesus, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. If life's become complicated, but his call is not complicated at all, would you respond to him and say, Jesus, I want to recalibrate, I want to follow you. As you hear the words of this powerful song, I pray that you will hear the voice of God, the power of Jesus, the spirit working in and through you, to calling you afresh to follow him, cultivating a life after him. And I invite you to make a decision that this day today, I have drawn a line in the sand and I want to again recommit my life to following the one man. His name is Jesus Christ. He is a person and you can follow him. Have a listen now.